2: Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at wfpk.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for uh, making your way here, checking out this episode. Uh, You should probably go ahead and hit that subscribe button while you're at it because it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists, discover some new ones, Know what's happening in the music world, and you do that because we put out three new interviews every single week, three episodes—one on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So follow along: iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you like to get your podcast, and we'll uh, we'll deliver the goods straight to you. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm going to be talking with Biba Doobie about her album "Fake It Flowers." We'll discuss, uh, as she says, her surprise success, uh, where she's found inspiration these last couple years, and the art of therapeutic songwriting. She also tells. Us about uh, some characters that she took inspiration from, specifically Charlie Brown and the Peanuts, uh, as a window into mental health. We'll also discuss challenging the listener, her love of Daniel Johnson. And, uh, and the big radio single on this record, Care, as the uh, hypothetical closer to the movie 10 Things I Hate About You and uh, or, or the television show Freaks and Geeks. Uh, B also says she's already finished with new music, so we'll get into that as well. Discussing this record, Fake It Flowers, it's Kyle Meredith with Beba Doobie. Hey. First off, I'm sort of obsessed with this record. It's so, so good. I gotta wonder though, you know, it's not your first release, I should say, because you've done a handful of EPs, but does this feel different that it's, it's the full album?
1: Um, Definitely. I feel like it, it took some time kind of um, getting ready to write a full length album because I was just releasing EPs prior, but um, I think because of tour and because of life and growing up, you know, I had enough to write about and I had enough. To want to write about. And yeah, it was, it's cool, it's fun. I'm glad I did it. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, no, I guess I'm surprised almost that, like you said, that you had enough to write about because, you know, establishing yourself over the last couple of years, I know that does mean a lot of time on the road uh, and, and that you had been releasing songs anyway. It's almost like, where did you find the time to live life to get the inspiration for these songs?
1: I think it was, you know, a lot happened on tour you know I made loads of mistakes and I experienced a lot of things and and you know the time I had the time I had but even like in the evenings when I was alone like it made like I was kind of I was pretty messed up on tour because I had so much time to think about things that happened to me in my childhood and how that's affected to affected me as a grown woman and then at the same time I was also learning and discovering new things and experiencing new things so it was pretty overwhelming because I was kind of thrown into this new thing and also had to kind of force myself to grow up as quickly as possible and obviously from someone who didn't expect any of this to happen it was 10 times even more overwhelming because I was just like oh I want to be a nursery teacher I'm gonna go to university and do my thing but all of a sudden like I got all this attention that I never really thought people you know I didn't never I was not used to people even caring or knowing who I was and yeah it was it was weird and I think that's what made me write so much
2: the amount of artists that's uh, was supposed to have been teachers. I think there's there's probably a good book in that somewhere. Like, like from the Police was supposed to be a teacher. You know, it's it's that whole thing. That's that's interesting. So so with all of that happening, then you still have started to call these songs your most personal songs. For as a songwriter, then what was the challenge there? I mean, was it difficult for you to to let yourself go to to find a deeper truth? Was that part of it? Like hey you got to go the full distance on this song.
1: I feel like it was just, I, I had to, like it was, I had to write about it or else I was going to go insane. And I think writing music for me is kind of like therapy and it's like getting things off my chest. And you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, my, my feelings are pretty conflicted with it because I'm writing about things that are super personal about my life. And that means people are going to know so much about me. But then at the same time, I need to do this in order for me to be okay. But I feel like at the end of the the day, I always tell myself, you know, if at least one person can relate to a song, you know, that means I've done something right. Right. And I like I like writing music. I love Mm. writing things that are honest and 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 things that is genuine to me. Um, And I feel like it kind of happened without force. It just kind of happened.
2: Well, it's interesting to hear the diversity in the moods that's happening across this record. Uh, You know, I'll bring up the song Charlie Brown as maybe the, I don't know if it's literally the angriest. It's definitely the loudest moment on here and the heaviest moment on here. And I've heard you sort of in another interview, you know, kind of back off about what it's about and that's fine. But also after seeing you in other interviews wearing a Charlie Brown shirt, I I sort of wonder like, like, what's Charlie Brown mean to you in all of this?
1: Um, Well, yeah, I guess it's. You know, I'm obsessed with Charlie Brown. I feel like that it was the first introduction to kind of mental health, and that it's okay to not be okay. Um, and I have a Charlie Brown strip on oh, that's my awesome. arm. Yeah, and and you know, me talking about the tattoo and and how it's in top of my arm. I feel like it's, you know, it 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 makes so much more sense if you kind of understand like what I'm trying to say. If that is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. it is a really sad song and um it was about the struggles i had as a teenager and about you know what i used to do and um yeah it's i think it's one of the most personal ones but i think i i kind of tried tried to hide its sadness with me shouting <laughs> really loudly
2: <laughs> it's a great moment it's a very therapeutic moment in, in the way you kind of paint that you know of course i'm thinking of lucy with the uh, the therapist you know booth that she has for a nickel and, and Charlie missing the football every single time um, and, and, and that sort of goes into another song for me and, and I, I talk about you know the the heavier emotional moments on here because Diet Red you know we start off with a kiss my ass fuck me right away like do you go into that knowing that it's gonna be a kiss off moments?
1: yeah I wanted it to be kind of like I wanted people to be like what the fuck this is a bit you know I wanted to make people feel kind of uncomfortable but I just kind of wanted to I wanted to say it straight and it was not it's not actually from my own experience but it's from experience I've had from other people and I was like I'm just gonna say it straight because I am not like an amazing lyricist where I'm like using imagery and like all those like big fancy words if I want to say something I'm just gonna say it like I got kicked out of school, like, I'm not that intelligent, (laughs) like, um, I just, yeah, I feel like, and it's quite empowering saying the first verse, Um, I think it's really fun.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, don't sell yourself short, because uh, your poetry is there, and and even on the, you know, the first official, I should say, radio single, you know, with Care, uh, a song, again, I just cannot get enough of right now. I mean, there, there there is that poetry all the way through. That how you're painting it. I also like how you talk about that song about uh, having an end of '90s, uh, end of '90s movie vibe to it. And you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a product of that uh, era right there. Uh, so what I did want to wonder is, what movie might you have in mind, a real movie that that would have finished?
1: Mm, like like 10 things I hate about you or it could be like in freaks and geeks right like all the episodes or like yeah just like or like just like a chick flick um but yeah I feel like I want to say the craft but I feel like another song in the album suits that movie more than Care. But yeah, <laughs> you talking about
2: a couple, a few of the greatest soundtracks of all time. I mean, for as much as I, you know, love my '90s movies, like soundtracks have been, I think some of the most important things to me. So hearing you sort of talk about your music in that way, I mean, I identify with that. But, but when you're writing it, I mean, is are you are you seeing that in your head too? Are you like revisiting those, you know, ten things moments like, and stuff?
1: Definitely, like uh, maybe at the beginning, not really. But when I properly get into it, I'm like I. I'm very visual and I kind of see this like music video idea and like you know um, definitely that is definitely a thing and it's probably to do with the fact that my boyfriend's like uh, he directs all my music videos and he's really into film and he wants to be film director and we both love watching movies and I feel like it's kind of ingrained in my brain to kind of just have this like massive imagination. <laughs> yeah.
2: I love how it plays out and and again with on the musical side of things too the way you know you build on a song that's as big as care as big as sorry you know and and Charlie Brown before but there are these lo-fi moments um yeah I know you're a Daniel Johnson fan uh Mm. what attracts you to that bare minimum style of
1: sound? I think it's just like you can hear the pure like the innocence in that and the kind of you know the What's the word? Like it's almost like untouched and um, pure and um, that's why I love his stuff because it's so raw and you can hear his mistakes, you can hear his breathing and Mm -hmm. you can hear like the shittiness of the four track and I really admire that and you can like it that really shows in his lyricism as well. It's like Kimye Dawson and the way she writes music and I wanted to you know get a sort like use a song from the album uh, how was your day was recorded on four track very Daniel Johnson inspired, but I guess the lyrics were the most honest and um it talks about how I kind of you know I've kind of lost myself on tour and how I was leaving everything from home behind, and I thought you know recording it on a really shitty four track in my boyfriend's garden would be the most perfect way to do it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I hadn't thought of the how's your day versus the hi, how are you? But I, I see maybe <laughs> even the unintentional connection there. That's, uh, that's really cool. I'll...
1: <laughs> I literally just clocked that, yeah.
2: <laughs> and covering Walking the Cow, by the way, I mean, talk about great deep cuts. I mean, that, mm-hmm. you know, some great covers of that through the years, mm-hmm. but all props there. Uh, I'll wrap up here because, uh, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves as of Flowers finally arrives, but I don't think it's any surprise given your history of output that, is it true that you're already working on new stuff? Like in oh, the recording I- studio?
1: Oh, I've I've already finished the other thing that's coming out. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm taking a break from kind of like properly writing and focusing on like living in the fake it flowers world because I've already written for the next thing after. <laughs> but yeah.
2: yeah. Um, well, I can't wait to hear that. I imagine it's going to be as, as big sounding as this one. Uh, I guess I'm hoping so, anyway. So, <laughs> such a fan. Uh, B, it's such a pleasure to meet you on here. Thank you so much for doing this. Congratulations on Fake it Flowers.
1: No, thank you for having me. Thank you so much.
2: All right, take care. We'll see you around.
1: Okay. Bye. bye.
2: My thanks, Beba Doobie. The record, Fake It Flowers, is amazing. Also, thanks to you for checking out this episode. Uh, Before you get out, please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all of the brand new interviews that we release every single week. Again, you can find us at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you like to get your podcasts from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with. After that, head over to wfpk.org. That's where I do a show, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over: Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long
0: days and pleasant nights.